Let's go to Acts chapter number 1, and uh, I want to say thank you to Preacher for allowing us, uh, I guess, book this in April, I think it was, and, and thank them for allowing us to come, and i um, just excited to be here. I tell you, if you're a preacher, you know what I'm talking about. Preaching at Bible Baptist Church is kind of like uh, a, a, li- uh, a line in a room full of Daniels. Amen? Uh, some of you will get that. Amen? It's like a line in a room full in a den full of Daniels, and uh, you've you've had two of the greatest men to ever put shoe leather on uh, to be your pastor your whole existence, and then Brother Gravely has the best preacher except for me. Uh, it's not counting me, but I'm talking about he has high quality men of God come in and preach to you, and he preaches on a weekly basis, and it's intimidating a little bit because you've heard some mighty fine preaching. Amen? And I'm thankful to be here. Uh, I'll tell you this, and I try to mention it every time I come. The the podcast, everywhere we go, uh, you hear people saying, man, that podcast from your church is a blessing. That podcast from your church is a blessing. And so I just want to tell the church again, uh, not only is the church allowing preacher to go out and do the ministry that he does a blessing to people, but the podcast, just the atmosphere that God's given us here at the church and the blessings, you're sharing it with others, and I thank you for that. And it's being a blessing to people all around the world. Amen? And it's good to see Brother Saunders uh, tonight, and we were together in Papua New Guinea. Brother Matt Stallman's back there. We just got back from Papua New Guinea. And I'm going to tell you all, you want to see a man change. Brother Logan over here, he turned into another man while he was in Papua New Guinea. And I'm talking about God just touched him. And uh, I think it was the second day that God let him lead his first soul to Christ. Amen. And he was so pumped up, I thought he was going to just hover the rest of the time. Amen. And uh, God was good to us there. Acts chapter 1, let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. And I ask you to pray for us. We leave out Thursday morning, Lord willing, uh, with uh, about, uh, I'd say about 20 people. We'll be going out west. We'll be out in Minnesota for three weeks doing gospel tent ministry work. And then we'll leave from there and go straight into the Indianapolis uh, meeting. And uh, you pray that God would uh, touch that harvest and that God would prepare the soil. And uh, there's much sowing and, and plowing and preparing that's already went in. But you, you ask God to help us touch our voice, touch our body, touch the vehicles, touch, send, send the power of God uh, on those places we're going and ask God to help us. Acts chapter 1, verse number 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which He was taken up after that He, through the Holy Ghost, had given uh, commandments unto the apostles whom He had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of 
the earth. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for this day, dear Lord. I thank You for all You've done for us today. Thank You for Your goodness and Your mercy and Your grace and Your love and kindness and Your holiness. I thank You for allowing us to be a, a small part of the Bible Baptist Church. I thank You, dear God, uh, for what they've meant to our family through the years. I pray, dear God, that You would bless this place in the days ahead. Give preacher wisdom and discernment. Give the deacons wisdom and discernment as they go forward. I pray, dear God, that You forgive me of where I failed you since we last spoke. Fill me with the Spirit of God tonight. Help us to uh, relay this message that you placed on our heart. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. Might be seated. I had no idea what the... uh the uh, uh, camp theme was going to be this year, but I'm excited to see that missions is the camp theme this year, and God had already uh, laid this on my heart for this night, and then to go in to missions week on this eve of, of camp, and I want to challenge everybody here tonight, it, this message has challenged me, and I want to I look at the biblical things here, and of course this is the uh, Great Commission, and you find the Great Commission in Matthew 28, you find the Great Commission in Mark 16. You find the Great Commission in Luke uh, chapter number 24. We find the Great Commission through the Gospels all the way here in the book of Acts. And I love uh, talking about the Great Commission. And if you know anything about history, uh, within 30 years of, of the, the cross, 30 years of the giving of the Great Commission, Colossians was written. If you'll hold your place there in the book of Acts and go over to Colossians chapter number 1. The Colossians was written about 30 years after the Great Commission was given. And um, there was about 300 million people on our planet during the time of the apostles. Which, that's about the, the population of America today. About 320 something million is where we sat for about 10 years. And I think it, that number would be a lot higher if, if it wasn't for abortion. Amen? But we, we see uh, there was about 300 million people. A few months ago, a little over a year ago, I was reading through Colossians and verse number 6 stuck out to me in chapter 1, which is coming to you He's talking about the gospel. So verse 5, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So he's talking about the gospel coming to them. And he says in verse 6, Which is coming to you as it is in all the world. And when I read that, I thought, man, he's telling that the gospel is coming to the world. There's no way he's talking about the gospel has went to the whole world, Brother Danny. I just, in my mind, I thought the gospel has come into the world. Kind of like Titus uh, 2. Uh, 11, for the grace of God which bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Uh, so I'm thinking it's just coming to the world. It's been given to us. But then I got to verse 23. Would you look at it with me? If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. So the theme here is the gospel again. And he says, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature under heaven. And Brother Sam, when I read that, it shook me up. Because it wasn't that just generally the gospel came into the world. No, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, Brother Chris, just 30 years roughly after the apostles came on the scene, after Jesus has went back to heaven, after the Great Commission has been given, just 30 years, Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost that every creature under heaven had heard the gospel. 
Now that blew my mind, and that's not deep. If you've seen that a bunch, and I, I was just missing it my whole life, y'all forgive me, I got, a, I got a simple mind. But that blew my mind that in 30 years' time, a ragtag group of men, men without learning, men without book knowledge, men without deputation, men without money, men without buildings, men without Bibles, men without so many things that we enjoy today. In 30 years, these very men, they completed the Great Commission. They finished the job. In their day, Brother Tim, they got the gospel to the known world. If you're anything like me, I grew up around missions. I grew up hearing preachers preach on missions and we would have missionaries come by all the time. We were talking at lunch today. What a blessing it is for missionaries to want to come to Bible Baptist Church. We had a missionary family here this morning, the halls. We got missionary families here tonight. I'm thankful for that. And I was around missions, but a lot of times when we would talk about missions, I would get depressed and, you know, want to go pop some Maalocks. Amen? Because we, we would almost make it sound, this is growing up, I would hear about missions and it was almost like it's a job that could not get done. But if they could do it in the first century... Brother Sam, if they could get the job done in the first century, I really believe. This is new to me. This is fresh to me. Brother Laddie, I believe in our day that we can complete the Great Commission in 2023. This generation, our generation, young people, I believe we could, but since the apostles, I believe that we could say, hey, at the end of our race, at the end of our course, we did it. We completed it. We fulfilled what God told us to do. Now listen, has God ever given us a command that He didn't intend for us to keep? The answer is no. The Great Commission is not the Great Suggestion. It is the Great Commission. So, and we even talked about this at lunch today. When Amy Carmichael got into southern India, I hope I'm not giving anything away for camp, Brother Gravely, but when Amy Carmichael, when she got to southern India, she was finding churches that were linked all the way back to the Apostle Thomas. It's not just a cliche, brother, brother Sam. Every creature heard. Does that mean every creature believed? No. It is not our job to make them believe. It's our job to tell them in something they can believe in. It's not my harvest. It's His harvest. It's not my job to produce fruit. It's my job to be faithful with the message. Amen. So tonight, I want to look at how in just a few years, 30 years, I'm only 35 years old tonight. That's not very old. Amen. Brother Sam, how old are you? 26. So we're talking about in a span of time, longer, just a little longer than what you've been alive. These men, they got it done. They completed the task. And I believe we can too. So let's look at how they did it. First thing tonight is they had a command that they believed. And man, I done got all over my outline, but I'm pumped up. I'm excited. They understood the command and they believed it. They started across the street, Jerusalem and Judea. And then uh, they ended up going into Samaria. Philip goes down into Samaria and revival breaks out. And I'm under the persuasion, you can preach a little different when you get up here, but I believe that revival that was breaking out in Samaria was a little bit of a leftover from that woman at the well. I believe that thing had been festering and that thing had been growing, Brother Tim, even since uh, John 4. And they've been waiting for somebody to come. And that thing breaks out and revival's breaking out. Revival's breaking out in the desert. I'm talking about God begins to move so very, very soon they go from across the street Jerusalem and Judea. Brother Matt back here, he's got all the numbers. I can't remember the numbers. I went to public school. 
All right. So I was public school for a little while. I was Christian school for a little while. And I was homeschooled for a little while. So I can make fun of all of it. All right. So y'all just bear with me. But preacher, I, I can't remember all these numbers. But he talks about in, in the day of Pentecost, there's 3,000. But it doesn't mention the, men and, or the women and the children. So you're, you're talking about 3,000. But there's potential of 10, 12,000. Is that fair? Can we say that? And then the next, that, that day at the, the temple, there's 5,000 that get saved. But that doesn't mention the women and the children. Brother Sam, we're talking about, that could have been 10, 20,000 people. You talk about that, that, that the disciples were multiplied. Multiplication's not one plus one. It's two times ten. Amen? And then it says that many of the priests came to the faith. Brother Justin, and then all of a sudden it says that the world was turned upside down by these men. It said that the, the doctrine of the apostles filled the city of Jerusalem. There are estimates that between 60,000 uh, 60, and 100,000 believers were in Jerusalem before Acts 8 happened. You're talking about people going across the street. Like in Acts 2, it says they're going house to house. They're having revival at the jail. They're having revival at the temple. They're having revival down at the street. They're having revival at the synagogue. They are getting the word out across the street. It made me so happy. They sing as anything too hard for God. And then preacher got up and talked about 5,000 uh, John and Romans that's going to go into our Jerusalem. Hey, that thrills my heart. Amen. I'm talking about door to door. It's not cliche. It's not just something that Baptists do. It is something the Bible teaches. Going and being in house to house and witnessing to people and reaching our Jerusalem. Hey, going. Hey, you ain't got to wait till Saturday morning visitation to be a witness. Amen. There's people at Wendy's tonight that need to be witnessed to and people at the Walmart. Hey, but then they went to Samaria. They went to other places round about. Oh, but then they went to the uttermost part of the earth. I'm talking about they went from Dan to Beersheba and then they went to Damascus and then they went up Paul. He went all the way up through in Europe and Asia. Hey, Paul could make statements like this that everyone in Asia had heard. But preacher, that's, that's, not just a, that's not just a passing whim. He wrote that under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. In one place. Where was he at, Brother Matt? Is Ephesus? He, he disputed in the, in the school of Tyrannus. He, he, he disputed in the synagogue for a little over two and a half years. And in, from one place, all of Asia heard. My goodness. They understood that it was a command. This is something that's convicted me. If I'm not fulfilling the command, it's a, it's a sin. Is that missing the mark? Let me, let me throw this out. And I don't like people just to tell me what I should do and how bad it is and how much needs to be done without telling me a little bit of how to do it. There's 8 billion people roughly on our planet uh, to, tonight. All of those people have been born by women. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's all right to smile. Amen. 8 billion people. And roughly, preacher, you care if I take my coat off? I am sweating to death. Is that all right? We eight, 8 billion people on our planet, okay? That's a lot of people. Brother Paul, if you took that whole 8 billion and tried to fulfill it, that's a pretty big number for, for one person. That's a pretty big number for one church. That's a pretty big number for a lot of people. But in America, Mexico, the Philippines, Papua New Guinea, there's roughly around 25,000 independent Baptist churches. 
Some of those churches got a large number. Like what God's allowing us to see here. Some of those churches may run a thousand. We don't know. But let's say there's an average of 75, 75 people in each of those churches. Can, we, can that be a conservative number? Some are going to be a lot less. Some are going to be a lot more. So it balances out. If you take those 25,000 churches and every believer in those churches, set, let's say 75 apiece, were to tell 4,200 people the Great Commission could be completed. Do you hear that? That's not a lot of people, preacher. You meet 4,000 people every week. <laughs> I mean, going around, you can could, you could meet 4,000 people in a week. You say, well, what if I tell somebody that Brother Sam's already told? Great. What if, what if, what if we got a burden for this? What if you, you can speak Spanish and you, you started going to Dalton and you started trying to tell 4,000 Hispanics in Dalton? What if you got a burden for this and you said, I'm going to go to Chattanooga until I get 4,000 told. And you say, is all those people going to get saved? Probably not. But there may be some that do get saved. And then you tell them, hey, now you go tell 4,000 people. And then they might have a couple saved. And you tell, do you all see what I'm talking about tonight? It really can be done. 4,000 people is not that many people tonight. God could use us. Y'all understand this? We, hey, just like the apostles, you say, but they had this and they had that. And I'll get to that in a minute. But they had a lot less than what we have. Y'all understand, we can go live on Facebook and, and in our day people were making goofy videos and I mean, what, people riding on mopeds to get, I mean, it's the goofiest stuff ever. What if we use that for the gospel? You could tell 4,000 people this week on social media. Amen. It's doable. Is that not doable? That if we all got, got that 4,000 on our minds and then we trained our children to get their 4,000 on their hearts and their minds and we trained our converts to get their 4,000 on their minds. We, but in the next 10 years, the job could be done. I see tonight the command that they believed. They believed it. Our belief should affect our behavior. And they believed it, and it affected their behavior. Number two, they were controlled by the Spirit. Look at Acts 2, 4, please. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. This is the promise of the Father. They are all filled with the Holy Ghost. That did not make them foam at the mouth. That did not make them roll around like dogs. Amen. That made them preach the Word of God with boldness. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were controlled by the Spirit. And be not drunk with wine, where is excess? Brother, Brother Sam, wine is a controller. It controls the person that is, that is, it is inhabiting. And the, in the same way, the Spirit of God, it is to control our lives. And it controlled their lives. In Acts 1.8, He gave them power to do He talks about He is going to give them power to do this. When the Spirit of God indwelt them, when the Spirit of God filled them, that was the power they needed. The connection of being the Spirit-filled life and, and the Great Commission is tied together. It is that the Spirit of God is given to us so we can complete the commission. Amen. They were controlled by the Spirit. They were given the power in Acts 1-8. But in Matthew 28, 18, it, Jesus talks about that all power has been given into Him. Hey, that's authority. Is that right? That's authority. We talk about closed countries and I'm not picking words or nothing like that. 
that. But we talk about closed countries. Hey, there are no closed countries for the gospel. Jesus, He has all power. There are no borders for Jesus. There are no doors that are closed for Jesus. If we want to get the job done, Jesus, He has put somebody in us. His name is the Holy Ghost. And as I yield, and as we yield our members unto Him and allow Him to fill our lives and use our lives, He wants to get the job done. That's why He's here in us. So we can be witnesses. The Holy Ghost is mentioned 42 times in the book of Acts. That's pretty. I, that's, per, that's a lot of times. The, the, the phrase filled with the Holy Ghost is mentioned six times. The phrase full of the Holy Ghost is mentioned four times. I think about Stephen. I think about Stephen and he was full of faith and what? Of the Holy Ghost. We don't know if he was a God called preacher. I don't, I don't necessarily see that in the text. But, but gravely. I, I, and some say he, he was a deacon. But it doesn't say deacon in Acts 6. I believe they were deacons. Don't, y'all don't throw a songbook at me. I believe they were deacons. But it doesn't even say the word there. But you hear me tonight. No matter what he was. The man was full of the Holy Ghost. I mean people gritting their teeth stoning him to death and instead of lashing out at them instead of back biting back at them he looks up and just like Jesus did a few months earlier he said father forgive them for they know not what they do he's talking about lay not their sin this sin to their charge I'm talking about because of his reaction of being filled with the Holy Ghost his ministry touched a man named Saul and because Saul saw that ministry and saw that tenderness and saw that spirit-filled believer. God saved a man that ended up turning the world upside down. I'm telling you, being filled with the Holy Ghost makes a difference. Man, I fail here. I fail here. Man, I, I, growing up, I thought when I, you'd read a book, you'd read about D.L. Moody, you'd read about Charles Spurgeon, you'd read about George Whitfield, and you'd think, man, I, if I could just get filled that one time, I'll be good. Y'all know what I woke up with the next day? The same flesh I had the day I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Anybody else resonate with that? So y'all know what I needed the next day? Need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And about about lunchtime that day, Brother Jacob, I done got fleshly again. Y'all pray for me. Y'all probably ain't like me. You probably got it better off than me. But Brother Thomas, by, by lunchtime, I'm at Subway and somebody's done made me mad. And I needed to be filled again. Amen. You got kids... It's like you have to set a timer every 30 seconds. God, fill me. I need your help. Amen. Somebody say amen. If you're married to a husband, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm going to get anything done for the Great Commission, if I'm going to get anything done for the gospel's sake, preacher, they stood there in the, the, the market's where we were at, and they just screamed and cussed and cursed. Do y'all want to know what I want to do in my flesh when somebody screams and cusses at me? I want to go all redneck. Y'all pray for me that God would help me in my sanctification. I want to go all Paulding County, North Georgia redneck. But Brother Caleb, if we allow the Spirit to help us, amen. I want to be controlled. 
Brother Sam, I want him to control my thoughts. I want him to control my music. I want him to control my mouth. Lord, help you. I know that's a hard thing, controlling my mouth. Amen. But you hear me tonight. We cannot do this without him. I'm convinced that a lot of times people will, they hear it preached. Our preacher preaches it. He says it oftentimes that the reason nobody preaches on being filled with the Spirit and nobody preaches on prayer is because most preachers aren't filled with the Spirit most most preachers aren't praying. But you get to hear it. You know what else you get? You get to see it in action. I'm not trying to embarrass nobody, but we got Brother Laddie sitting here and we, we, we got men like Brother Jack and Miss Barbara. Miss, these, these older saints of God. I'm not calling you old, Brother Laddie, all right? But these older saints of God that been saved longer than my parents have been alive. I'm not, I'm not being, but brother, not, springtime of 54, is that right? 58, sorry. I've been, I haven't been around for a while. We got these old time saints, the Sister Capes, amen. Yeah. Miss Nina Mays and these old saints of God. We've gotten to see it, preacher. We got to see it, not just here, but we got to see them when they're out in town and they're down there. Hey, Brother Charles Rhodes, I went by his house one day to see him, to be a blessing to him. And I walk up and he's already shouting in the house. Didn't even know I was coming. He was already shouting in the house. Amen. Being a witness. Man, we've gotten to see examples. We got to, we've gotten to hear it preached. But I'm afraid a lot of us shy away from it because we're afraid of where it's going to take us. See, the Spirit-filled life isn't just so we can have goosebumps on our neck in the choir. The Spirit-filled life isn't so we can, young men, be on a flyer somewhere. God help us. The Spirit-filled life isn't so we can get a bunch of preaching appointments. This Spirit-filled life is connected to the Great Commission where we can speak the Word of God with boldness. I need to be filled with the Spirit down at the bank just as much, if not more so, as I am when I'm standing in the choir. Can I beg you tonight? I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm probably speaking to a minority here tonight. But if you've never stepped over into the spirit-filled life, you talked about Jordan this morning, preacher. If you've never crossed over, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of tonight? Because everything we work for and everything we labor for... And I'm not against working. I'm not against laboring. And we got to work. I don't believe God blesses lazy. But everything we're giving our lives for, young people, listen to me. God didn't let you be raised up in in an atmosphere like this just so you can dive off into the American dream. I beg you tonight, would you consider the spirit-filled life? See, because, Brother Luke, it's not just for Brother Laddie. Amen. Hey, girls, it's not just for Sister Cape. Amen. It's not just for preacher. And you don't have to wait till you're their age to, get, to, to live it. It's for us. Can I invite you? Can I, can I say, come over Jordan tonight? 
Not for a feeling. Not for, not, for, not for an adventure. It'll be the adventure of your life, I promise. But not for an adventure. Not for a feeling. But to step away. You say, what if, what if I don't get to do this and don't get to do that? God may let you go do that. But you could do it filled with the Spirit and live a life. Play. You can work at a factory, be filled with the Spirit, and be a witness every day at your job for 40 years. And if that's God's will for your life, praise Jesus. You're being a missionary. Oh, but tonight night. There's so much, hey, God wants to do in your life. There's so much God wants to do in our homes, in our marriages, in our churches. If everybody will cross over that Jordan tonight. I got to move on. They're controlled by the Spirit. They were, they had a command they believed. Here it is. I got to get to it. It's in the text. They had capabilities that they were given. In Acts 2, 4 through 6, what did they do? This is the big daddy verse. Verses, what did they do? They spoke in tongues, right? They gibbered and jabbered. Is that right, Brother Tim? No. They spoke in their Galilean Hebrew, and everybody heard them in their own dialect. Now, Brother Daniel can speak Spanish. No habla espanol. That's about all I know. I can tell you people how much, how many, a table... How many people I need for a table in Spanish? I can order half and half tea in Spanish. I can order guacamole in Spanish. And in my opinion, that's really all, I'm, all the Spanish I ever need to know. If I just get that, I'm good. But Brother Daniel speaks Spanish. Brother, Brother uh, Nathan, he can speak Spanish. Brother Matt can speak some Spanish. I'm sure there's other people here that you can probably order hamburgers so you think you can speak Spanish. But... Tongues in this context would be me speaking in English and you being Spanish speaking only and you hearing me in your own language. Am I right in that, preacher? That it was not gibberish, it was not flopping around in the floor. Amen. I don't have time to preach all this, but that God did give them that gift. Can we agree with that? And, and listen, all these people gibbering and jabbering and saying that, God, that, that we're still in the day of tongues today. Number one, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, that verse 34, that women are not allowed to do it. You take women out of the tongues movement, you have no more tongues movement. I'm probably boring y'all, but it's just the truth tonight. You take women out of the tongues movement, there is no more tongues movement. Amen. But it never was gibberish. It was a gift to preach the gospel in your language and everybody. It would be like me going to Paraguay tonight and preaching the gospel in English and them hearing me in their Spanish tongue. Amen. Amen. Is everybody with you? And then uh, you go on to uh, chapter, we're not going to turn there, but chapter 3. Uh, Peter and John go up to the temple. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee. Right? In the name of Jesus, take up thy bed and walk. The dude, what did he do? He got up, got his bed and walked, but he jumped, did a jig. Amen. Ran a couple of laps. Amen. It would have been a good Baptist meeting. Amen. Until the Pharisees showed up. Amen. That's what happens in our churches too. Amen. But you hear me. They, they had a... What, what, but did, so, so after they spoke in tongues and after Peter did that notable miracle, what did he do? Take up an offering? Did he sweat on a hanky? Sell it on, online? Come on now. He didn't do that. What did he do, preacher? He preached the gospel. Amen. I was watching a video that's going around social media and Benny Hinn was in it. And he was saying, I want to do these miracles, but I want to wait till the cameras are there. The preacher, it struck me. I want to wait till the cameras are there. If they can do these miracles, let's do it. 
Let's, let's clear out the hospitals. I got a little boy I'd love to see walk. Let's, let's do it. I've got faith. Amen. I got faith. Let's do it. But the fact is, they want to show. They, and they're not using it for the gospel's sake. The reason God gave it to the apostles was to streamline the gospel. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Hold on with me. Acts 8. People are healed. People, miracles are done. Uh, Acts chapter 9. I mean, Peter raises a woman from the dead. Why? So the gospel can be preached. Paul does miracles. Amen. I'd say John getting put in, put in a bowl and pot of oil and not dying. That's a miracle. Uh, Paul had a, a viper bite him in the hand, shakes it off. Is that a miracle? There was points where they would just want that shadow of Peter to pass over. Did they do all that for money and fame? No. Matter of fact, Jesus did all those same miracles and they hung him on a cross for it. They did these miracles so they could get the gospel out. But, but and the excuse will be, well, they had the gifts. That's why they completed the commission in their day. Well, they did have the gifts. And the gifts, preacher, they did help them complete the commission in their day. But guess what? They went away. Do we have them today? No. If you have the gift of tongues and you want to speak in tongues tonight, you, I have the gift of interpretation. And if you speak in tongues tonight, I am interpreting that you're giving a million dollars to the building project here at Bible Baptist Church. I have the gift. You say, well, you can't prove that. Well, you can't prove you have the gift of tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. I love doing that. Amen. Especially with my Pentecostal aunt. She loves that one. Amen. She loves it. Amen. <laughs> but you hear me tonight. Those gifts went away, didn't they? Can I read you a verse? And listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to bore you to death tonight. This is a burden on my heart. 1 Corinthians 13. Y'all know this. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Did the, did the apostles, were they able to, do, to prophesy? Yes. Whether there shall be tongues, they shall what? Cease. Brother Sam, they did have the gift of tongues, but... The Bible in the inspiration of the Holy Ghost says there's coming a day that the prophecy is going to stop and the tongues are going to cease. And they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Can y'all look here at me? Do you realize when the Bible was finished... All of those things that were in part were done away. Right. Say, preacher, we can't complete the commission today. I mean, Philip, he was preaching in the desert and then got teleported. I mean, like, beam me up, Scotty. I don't know what happened. Amen. He got teleported and goes somewhere else and goes to preaching. We can't do that, preacher. You're right. But all that was done away. And God gave us something better. 
Do you realize when you hold the completed Word of God in your hand, you've got more in your hand than the apostles had in their body? You had, when you got the Word of God, glory to God, when you got the Bible in your hand, when you got the Bible in your heart, you are more equipped than the Apostle Paul was to do the work of the ministry. Hey, you hear me tonight. God didn't give us a perfect Bible by accident. He gave us a perfect Bible on purpose. And tonight, we have the equipment. What light is that shining so brightly for me? Hey, that gives me such courage. The right way to be. It's God's wonderful book divine. I bless the Lord. And we've got the Bible tonight. It has everything in it that we need. Hey, to fulfill the commission. No, we can't speak in tongues. But I got Google Translate. Amen. Preacher, I wish you could have been there. I wish I could have teleported you in. All right, Philip. Man, they were screaming at Brother Nathan. One day there's 200 people around him screaming at him. He's trying, to, and he starts getting dizzy. He's about to pass out. We didn't, he wasn't slain in the spirit, all right? But he brought, I, I'm over there minding my business, Brother Sam, and a, a mob starts screaming, Where is the man? Where is the man? And I'm thinking, I don't know where he's at, but I hope I'm not the man they're looking for. I was getting scared. And sure enough, here comes Brother Nathan across the courtyard with a mob of people. And they're screaming, where's the man? And Brother Nathan ascends out of a group of about 200 black folks screaming, here is the man. Here is the man. I'm like, I don't want to be that man. And they put a microphone in my hand. I'm standing in there. I'm doing this. I'm not kidding. I was, I was trembling like this. I looked down at my hand. I said, oh, God, you're going to have to help me. <laughs> and they scream and they holler and they ask questions. And, but here's the thing. I have no power. Brother Nathan has no power. We're nothing. We don't have the knowledge. We don't have the ability. Brother, Brother Sam, I can't explain to you the fear, fleshly fear that you have in that situation. They are known. Right before we went out there that day, a preacher showed us a gash behind his ear where one of those Seventh-day Adventist preachers punched him in the back of the head. Knocked him out. Took him out for two weeks. And I'm standing there and I'm shaking. And then you start reading the Bible. And their questions start getting fewer. And their anger starts getting less. And you read the Bible. I was reading a text out of Leviticus 23. And the SDA, the Seventh-day Adventist preacher, he hollered out, Liar! And all I was doing with the lab was reading the Bible. Literally, I was reading the verse. He said, Liar! And his other Seventh-day Adventist friend looked over and he said, He's reading the Bible. I want to tell you what will shut down people. I want to tell you what will bring souls to glory. I want to tell you what will pierce the soul and pierce the spirit. I'm going to tell you tonight what will get the job done in the hands of the hungry, filled believer. It's the Word of God. Hey, the cults don't have anything to stand on but their books. Hey, the false religions have nothing to stand on but their false ideas and their catechisms. Hey, but tonight when we proclaim the gospel, we got authority in the Word of God. That which was in part, it's been done away with. But that which is perfect, it has come. And we've got that which is perfect tonight. Amen. We can't get the job done. There's a command they believed. Controlled by the Spirit. Capabilities they were given. But we've got something greater than the gifts. They were committed to the cause. Acts 2.44. Would you look at it with me? 
Acts 2.44. I want you to help me. And what? What's the second word? And all that what? Were together and had all things common. Sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So their unity here, their commitment to the cause of giving everything they had, all the believers giving all they had, what was it connected to? Was it connected so they could build a mansion? No. So the, the apostles could have a bunch of stuff. No, it was connected to the fact where everybody could go house to house teaching and preaching the word of God. And the connection to that is that many people were saved. Can you go to Acts 4.32? Just one page over, should be. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And last thing, Acts 8, verse 1. I'm making a point. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of, uh, of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Can I point something out here? They're not scattered abroad because they're scared. They're, all, they're going to jail and counting it an honor. They're, going, they're scattered abroad because instead of staying in one place and being slaughtered, they scatter abroad so they could get the message out. Amen. I don't believe that they were scared, but, but look at this. The first century church was committed to the cause. They gave their sons, they gave their silver, and they gave themselves. You notice in Acts 8, 1, it said all of the, all of the uh, people... It says, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all. How many is all? All. They were all scattered, except who? The apostles. This blew my mind, Brother Chris. The most gifted aren't the ones they sent. It was the average, everyday Joe sold everything he had and went. I'm going to tell you tonight. I, as we travel, and I, I, Bible Baptist Church gives people, and they give possessions, and, and praise God for it. But most of the time when we go places, they're willing to give their silver. But they're not willing to give their sons, and they're not willing to give themselves. And I'm not even talking about this may not be a foreign land. They just went everywhere. They went to Samaria. They went to Damascus. They went everywhere preaching. I see that you're committed to the cause. And lastly tonight, they had a culture that they utilized. In Acts 8, 1 through 4, they were able to go everywhere. The Romans had streamlined everything. In 10 days, you can get in a boat in Caesarea and be in Rome. And that had never taken place before. From England all the way to East Asia, Brother Grant, they could get a letter within 10 to 15 days. In, in, in Esther's time, it would take months to get that done. 
They had streamlined everything and Pax Ramona was in place and the, the, the structure and the infrastructure was better. The, most people spoke Greek. Uh, the, the, the synagogues were in every city so there's people preaching or teaching uh, the Bible in every city and they would go in and they would have a place to start preaching and they had all these things going for them. But can I say, since the time of the apostles, there's probably not a generation that's had more going for them. I've already mentioned social media. We're on social media right now. YouTube, Facebook. I mean, preacher, we have no idea at this moment how many people can be watching. We have no idea how many people are going to be watching. We have no idea what the other folks is going to clip out and put on Twitter and how many thousands of times that's going to be watched. But I'm going to tell you tonight, God knows. You say, preacher, we don't have the same things that the apostles have. We can't be teleported. Yeah, but we can get in an airplane. We can get in a car. What used to take Paul weeks and weeks to walk, we can be there in a matter of hours. Tonight, we have the opportunity. Young people, we got the opportunity through, through the, the phones and through technology and through education that we could be the generation that gets the job done. I keep thinking about this. And preacher, I'm done. But I keep thinking about as an old man... I don't want to just retire. I don't want to just sit down and die. And I'm not saying 70 is old, but I'm 35. I'm halfway to 70 if God lets me live. And Brother Samuel, I keep thinking in my mind that maybe by the time I'm 70, I can be a man sitting in a rocking chair next to my wife. And I can hold her hand and I can say, Honey, the job's done. We got the job done in our generation. But it's going to take everybody. It's going to take everybody in being filled with the Spirit. It's going to take utilizing what God's given us. It's going to take us all. And tonight, I want to ask you, what about your 4,000? What about the ones we can tell? What has God asked you to do? What has God called you to do? Has, have you, are you living the Spirit-filled life? Do you have a spirit-filled home, a spirit-filled marriage? Is there that one thing in your life that you say, God, I'll give you all of this, but this part, this part right here, it's off limits. Well, let me tell you, that one part is your life. No matter what else you've given to them, if there's that one thing off in a corner that you say, you can't have it, Lord, that is your life. Tonight, I believe we can finish. Would you come and believe it with me? Would you come? Let's all stand. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Preacher. I am bound.